Happy New Year, everybody! <laughs> um, we haven't been doing a podcast. Um, we haven't. We haven't done it for a while, which is fine. But we've been busy. Mm-hmm. Kids have been at home. You've been working. Um, yeah, just lots of things just going life. on. So yeah, life. Lockdown living. Yeah. And so apologies for that, but we haven't forgotten. We still have the conversations. We're just not recording them as much. That's true. I guess. So. I guess there's just a lot that goes to it. I think. For you, I just talk. That's true. <laughs> you just show up. <laughs> so apologies that we haven't been, um, you know, posting as much, but uh, we haven't forgotten that uh, we've had a few requests on um, for us to talk about different things. One of them is. Um, it was a series. A on series on Reformation. Reformation. Another one was the the deconstruction of faith to do a series on that. Yeah. So we haven't forgotten to do all that. It's just we need to get around to it. Yeah. And there's a lot more I think besides requests that I think we'd like to talk on. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's just taking time as well on certain things. Like I feel like we started the conversation on church, mm. and I feel like it's important that we take our time, almost that people understand the thinking, you know, behind it. Maybe yeah. I'll edit this out, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and again, we're not um, claiming to have all the answers nope. or anything like that. Um, it's just that we want to open up the conversation, um, let it be a safe space for us to talk about and question and um, yeah, look into and get more details about different topics. So um, mm. yeah, we, we're not that arrogant to think that we have all the answers and that we're not question we're not questioning or criticizing from a place of we haven't been there we haven't done that yeah. where we have been in that arena we've you know both worked full-time in ministry yeah. international local church and mm. uh, different capacities and stuff so we're not um criticizing from afar where you know we're from the inside trying to be like you know yeah this isn't working this doesn't feel great and it's so much harder i guess if you're working for a church or a ministry to question then yeah if you don't fully believe in different things that you should fully believe in yeah um then yeah that's difficult so yeah so that's our you know that's our goal is to have an open space safe space to talk to question to conversate to grow to grow yeah so yeah um this podcast if it had a title um titles are funny (laughs) (laughs) um it would be circumcision it's a great idea, right? With a question mark. Yeah. It's always a good place to start from. What, circumcision? Circumcision. <laughs> circumcision. And it's something that I thought about years and years ago, and then it's just something recently we've been talking about. Or, you know, we haven't been talking about, but we have talked about. Um, yeah, so I think a few years ago, maybe five years ago, I... I ran across a verse and was just interested on just the whole idea biblically of circumcision in a sense of through a biblical lens in the Old Testament, New Testament, which we'll get into a bit now. And I, cause it really will highlight what we're talking about. Mm. You know, I think it's a, it's a good way to express, um, the thinking, you know, give it some context, I think is through the lens of circumcision in the Bible. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, um, and then you had more recently had heard a podcast and, and I don't think I listened to it, I think, but you always send me 
bunch of stuff, mm. but we had talked about it. Um, but anyways, I think it's good that we would start off, I think it's Genesis 17, um, and yeah, I guess just read, because th this, I guess for context with this, this is super important because this is, I, I think, the first promise God had given to people. This is him claiming first time, these are my people. Um, this is him giving somebody a new identity, a new name. This is the first in a lot of things. And this is, he's making a covenant. He's making a pact with, with the people, with a person, but with the people, all their descendants. Um, and this promise is amazing for anybody back then in this time. If you've seen the Vikings, we've seen the Vikings. We wrapped it up yesterday. Yeah. You know, and their whole big thing was they lived in a time that was very basic, very simple. Um, barbaric. But very barbaric. Their laws were very barbaric, mm -hmm. but progressive for them. Um, there were some times in some of the episodes where we saw that um, there were times they got into new lands like in England or, or in Iceland and places like in Greenland. And they had to make new rules. They mm -hmm. had to make in this new settlements of how things were. Um, and they'd find themselves in foreign lands. And then how does that work? So anyways, in this, this is what's happening with Abram. Abram, before he turns into Abraham. Um, he is a foreigner in a land that God told him to go to. And this is where it's at. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you, and your descendants after you for the generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you. I will be their God. Then God said to Abraham, As for you, you must keep my covenant you and your descendants after you for the generations to come. This is my covenant with you and your descendants after you, the covenant you are to keep. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You are to undergo circumcision and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and you. For the generations to come, every male among you who is eight days old must be circumcised, including those born in your household or bought with money from a foreigner, those who are not your offspring. Whether born in your household or brought, bought with your money, they must be circumcised. My covenant in your flesh is to be an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who has not been circumcised in the flesh will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. God also said to Abraham, As for Sarah, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarah. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations, king of peoples will come from her. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Then God said, yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son and you'll call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. 
And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and will greatly increase his numbers. He will be the father of twelve rulers, and I will make him into a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear you by this time next year. When he had finished speaking with Abraham, God went up from him. On that very day, Abraham took his son Ishmael, and all those born in his household, all bought with his money, every male in his household, and, and circumcised them, as God told him. Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised, and his son Ishmael was 13. Abraham and his son Ishmael were both circumcised on that very day, and every male in Abraham's household, including, including those born in his household or brought from a foreigner, was circumcised with him. Amazing promise for these people. What? That they wouldn't just occupy in this foreign land, that they would actually, in a sense, it'd be their land. Mm. Um, that they wouldn't be a small community, they'd be a, a large, large, you know, nation. But it's interesting that everything hinges off of an outward obedience, an act of obedience. Of chopping your... Chopping your wiener off. That's <laughs> <No. laughs> how I'd explain it to the kids. With circumcision, cutting your wiener off. No. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it's, it, it's such a... I guess now... 2021 would be like okay that's crazy you know like if you heard somebody say that if you saw on youtube or yeah. facebook or somebody some mm -hmm. some some sort of you know preacher guy in some church starts this is the new law yeah <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. or any part of your body you know what i'm saying yeah. remove all your toenails the you know what i'm saying anything yeah. that is like that would be this is crazy so anyways um but everything is hinging off that and it's all based off of the men you know, I guess the women just indirectly inherit based off of off of the men. This promised land or this promise of a nation and things like that. Um, but the thing I want to stick to really is is just the act um, of obedience through circumcision. And it just, I, I've always heard about this part, Abraham, this is kind of what he's famous for is God giving him this promise um, his descendants multiplying that if you're a Christian you are a descendant of Abraham you know it's just this it's this amazing promise um, but what rarely ever gets attached to it mm. is the circumcision part if you hear about it it kind of briefly probably just gets read through kind of like as you read it if we probably didn't talk about circumcision before and you just read that out the gate, most people probably wouldn't necessarily, you know, um, stick, on that. stick on that, you know, but it is, everything is based off of being circumcised. I mean, he got circumcised at 99 years old, which is crazy. And then going to all the men in that community and saying, <laughs> right guys, line up. This is what we're doing. Wait, what are what? we doing? Yeah. And then we know then because of that promise, it's a great idea. If this is what we have to do to do that, to get this, sign me up, you know? But that's what their thinking was. They did that. I mean, and as we see afterwards, for, for, for generations, that's what people did. For centuries, that's what, that's what men did. Because if I do this, this is what we get. This is what we're a part of. It was based on a covenant. We are now a part of this agreement and this pact with God if we do this. It's a great idea. 
And then you go into the New Testament and you look at characters like Paul, who is equally as significant as a character in the Bible as Abraham is. Mm. And here's this guy who is rewriting, rethinking, um, evolving that whole idea of circumcision, where I'll just read a, a couple of verses of what Paul had said in Galatians chapter 5, verse 2. Um, now, this isn't the whole context, but I will I will read some more verses to kind of give you context of his thinking. This he says in Galatians 5, 2. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. You know, quite a strong statement. Right. As somebody who would have been uh, clued up to Old Testament, to the Torah, you know, he would have known. Um, very interesting. And then, I guess for more context, as he went about preaching in the region to different people, um, he had, in his words, agitators. He had different people who were who were preaching circumcision. So they were telling the people he was preaching to that they needed to be circumcised. And you can read through uh, Colossians, Galatians, Romans, and you can get this, I, you, you start to see that, that that's what was happening. Um, and now let me just read this this verse again. Um, it's a singular verse, so I won't go through a bunch of reading, but that's the, kind of the context of what's happening. So in Galatians 5.12, he says this, and he's talking about those people. He says, as for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. Mm. That's wiener chopping. <laughs> For real. So he is so frustrated with these people, calls them agitators. You know, so we're starting to get a sense of how he feels about with circumcision. And then we start to get the idea of why he feels that. So let me read romans chapter 2 verse 25 to 29 he says this he says circumcision has value if you observe the law but if you break the law you have become as though you had not been circumcised so it has value but if you break the law it's basically like you haven't been circumcised you basically just cut off bits of your wiener for nothing you know <laughs> i'm enjoying saying wiener every time your response <laughs> so then if those who are not circumcised keep the law's requirements would they not be regarded as though they were circumcised? So if those who aren't circumcised or obeying the law, is it not as if they've been circumcised? Mm. Putting value on obedience more than being circumcised? Um, and then he goes on and he says, uh, he says, the one who is not circumcised physically and yet obeys the law will condemn you who, even though you have the written code and circumcision, are lawbreaker or are lawbreakers. Um, a person is not a Jew who back then the Jew would have been like the special people, Abraham's descendants, that first covenant with God type people, um, Christian, I guess. A person is not a Jew who is only who is one only outwardly. Nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a person is not a Jew who is one and only outwardly. Nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a person is a Jew 
who is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the spirit, not by the written code. They keep saying written code, but I guess it's more of like physical evidence, you know, mm. of cutting off. Um, he says, such a person's praise is not from other people, but from God. Um, that's interesting, but we won't go into that. But um, but we can see in here what he's saying. He's basically saying it's not about your appearance and and you doing this one act anymore. Anymore. It used to be. It used he's to. He's not be. taken away from what it, what God did say back yeah. then. But it's not what it used to be, is it? Yeah. No. 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 I mean, that's it, we're starting to see things are changing. Things are. Changing. We're seeing that things. Um, have changed or they're in the middle of changing there is some form of reformation that is happening there is there is theology there is belief there is a way a law that is evolving into something different um let me see is that because jesus came um i don't know if it's necessarily because jesus because jesus in the scripture we can see that jesus was was circumcised um but for some reason, Paul. What? We can see that Jesus. Is, yeah, we can't see, see it. Jesus' wiener we was cut up a little bit. No um, No, but we we can read in in the Bible that Jesus was was circumcised. Um, so I don't know if it's necessarily because that was Jesus's way, but we're starting to see here now we have the significant person who written most of the New Testament, um, the letters of the New Testament is now re rethinking this or has thought about it and is changing it now i will say for the scholars out there um he did was in favor of it but only in the context to timothy based on i think i think i could be wrong but timothy was half jewish and half half greek or gentile or something and so it was the people that were in the town that he lived in uh there were a lot of jewish people so then that's why he was circumcised and so i think paul was in favor of that you know what i'm saying but we we occupy life like that all the time we we can give somebody advice or based on context we will be in support of something based on context but maybe not generalizing that this mm. is our stance you know what i'm saying yeah. at least that's how i look at it i look at that that that's not necessarily his stance but he understands the context of what's happening. At least that's that's my understanding of it. Um, but overall, his stance is we got to get away from this old way of circumcision. It's no longer about outwardly. It's about inwardly. It's of the heart. And the big thing is coming down to obedience. Now, that's just with circumcision now that that we can see now where this big this big event in in the Bible this big event in Christian world happened with Abraham and God and this is what they need to do and then we can see now where things are changing things are becoming new and we've seen that this thing is now being put on the chopping block and I don't mean the wiener I mean like the idea is on the chopping block where it is now up you know it's being debated it's being discussed it is being argued about. I remember reading years ago as well, and it was something I, I kind of went through. Uh, and again, this is all to go to with church organization, I think even with beliefs that we have. But this is something that's interesting. So I won't read this all, but this is in Deuteronomy 21, verse 10 to 12. Um, and this is quite progressive. 
it won't read this way. If you're a feminist, you're going to be like, you know, I guess, how is this progressive, you know? But this was quite progressive in its day. Um, but then this is what it says. It says, when you go to war against your enemies and, and the Lord your God delivers them into your hands. Um, let me stop there. Let me just say this. This was very progressive in the sense of like the Vikings, what we talked about before. There are new lands now. There are new, there are new and a young nation. Um, there are young uh, community, and now structure needs now to come in. And um, remember when Vikings? For those who haven't seen Vikings, just so you have an idea, um, these Vikings went to Iceland, didn't know what Iceland was, went there, and they wanted this new rule. Everything before then was always about revenge. Their whole society was based on, if you do this, we come back and we kill you. Um, and then it just go, gets out of hand and it becomes this whole big cycle. Well, the main guy who took them all there didn't want that. He wanted a new way. He wanted new things. But then, uh, and so he tried to kind of establish new laws. Um, but then somebody kills somebody out of anger and then it all goes downhill. Um, so in a sense, that's the way I'm looking at this, you know, and I look at whenever the laws were coming in, these are now the forming and the structures of this young nation. Um, and so, um, and the reason why these things are put in here, they might seem crazy outdated to us, but it's for a reason. It's because it was probably way worse before the introduction of these sort of laws. So this is what he says, and this is directly involving women. Um, and so it says, when you go to war against your enemies and the Lord your God delivers them into your hands and you take captives, if you notice among the captives a beautiful woman and are attracted to her, you may take her as your wife, bring her into your home and have her shave her head, trim her nails, and put aside the clothes she was she was wearing when captured after she has lived in your home and mourned her father and her mother for a full month then you may go to her and be her husband and she shall be your wife if you are not pleased with her and let her go wherever she wishes you must not sell her or treat her as a slave since you have dishonored her i mean it sounds quite barbaric right, right. it sounds like that's that's a horrible way to treat a human being you know mm -hmm. like you you go to war there's this person that's there they just so happen to be a beautiful woman and you can just take her have your way with her um and the instructions are uh shave her head take the clothes she was wearing put aside trim her her, her nails um after a month, in a sense, it's kind of like you don't mess with her at all till after a month of her mourning her mother and her father. Um, and then you are to be her her husband. She's to be your wife, not a slave. Yeah, if you're not pleased with, I guess, the marriage, uh, let her go wherever she wishes, um, that you can't sell her or treat her as a slave um, since she's already been dishonored. It was because before then, things were completely different. The way things were was the nails, for whatever reason, were supposed to grow out longer. You know, she wasn't allowed to mourn her mother and her father. Like there was no proper, like as we see in Vikings and we see in even, even forget Vikings, but we see in olden times how people were mourned. Like when people died, that was significant. Giving people a proper burial, mourning properly for people. They weren't even allowed to do that. You know, they were just taken and that was it. And then if if the guy who took her didn't want to marry her, didn't want to be with her, that's it. She's stuck in limbo.
So this is quite progressive and it's giving the woman rights that they never had before. But again, now we go forward and even if we go into an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, that was progressive when that got introduced in the Old Testament. And then you go into Jesus says, it's no longer an eye for an eye, turn the other cheek, you know, da da da. The whole point with circumcision and that being from crucial and a value to it's debated and it's no longer really a, a thing now, it's changed. When it goes into, we're seeing with like women's rights progressing and the way things were are now changing and they continually change and we can see that biblically in this narrative of, of the Bible. Okay, so why are we talking about this? What kind of relevance does this have to our lives now? Um, you know, these different laws from back in the day. Uh, what are we supposed to do with all of this now? Um, I, I think there is more questions, I guess, we should ask of ourselves. Um, I think we should ask of our communities um, within, just within the church. I think we see through scriptures where certain things ran its course and I think even outside of scriptures just in in church history I think in teachings I think we have historically we don't do it so much now um, I think there are a few topics we're doing that with but I think we are asking questions of certain beliefs I think asking have certain things ran its course um, like what well I I think we can look through the scriptures and I think like, you know, obviously the circumcision, the Bible is referring back to the Bible in itself. That whole conversation is happening in the Bible. Um, uh, the law of Moses, we can see that the whole eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, it's basically about revenge and and stuff like that. And um, the woman's rights or the, the captive woman's rights. Um, uh, but even outside of, of, of church, I think, or, or outside of the Bible, um, I think church people and church history had changed things based on like church social, like first church socialism. Like nowadays, most like in America and even here in the UK, there's a lot of older Christians I know that would be very conservative, very much capitalism, you know, would be a big thing of their politics. Um, not all, but there's, there's a lot. I think there's a lot of um, Christians in America that would be, you know, we're seeing it now on the news a lot. They are right-winged, they are Republican, they are for capitalism and things like that. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, that's not what this episode is about. But I think when we look back to the first church, it was very socialist, you know, had a lot of socialism involved in that. They put everything into one pot, you know, they put everything that they sold property, put it all in one. Um, I think that's an example of things changing when we say we want we need to go back to the first church and how the first church did things. We don't want to discuss that part, mm -hmm. you know, where it's kind of like, oh, okay, cool. I don't have a lot, but you seem to have all these things going on. Why don't you throw it in the pot, you know, and help us out as well. We don't want to go there. Um, I think when it comes to like even something as goofy as like choir robes was such a big deal at one point, you know, but now we look at it and we're thinking, well, if you don't have cool lights and, you know, cool kind of Bethel bulbs, light bulbs and Hillsong hats, they would say, you know, that that's like the new choir robe sort of thing. You know, the earth being flat at one point, that was the thing that was a part of the church. And by the church before the Protestant church, it was just the Catholic church. Um, that was something that was very much a part of their 
the beliefs of the day and they would persecute or yeah just would persecute people who who would speak against the earth being flat you know a big one i would say is slavery in the bible i mean we read through scriptures you know and and even with abraham you know it talked about him buying slaves and even the slaves he owned had to be circumcised uh, you know but now at some point we recognize that's not good people need to be free and we have we've changed that and we realize that that is no longer acceptable and there's a lot of more examples of things that I think that have ran its course. Um, and I know that might sound scary for people because then the reaction then is, where does it stop? Where does it end? You know, you're going to take away everything. It's like, okay, I get that. I completely get that. But that doesn't mean we run to the other extreme. I think as well, there are concrete things such as love, um, uh, forgiveness, Jesus, um, the importance of community, uh, the Bible, and there's a lot of, of things that probably, that they shouldn't change, mm -hmm. you know, they shouldn't change. And there's a lot of things even in the scriptures that, that just shouldn't change, you know, but I think there are other things that we have to ask the question, are there certain things that's just run its course, you know? So we've talked about before about the non-negotiables, yeah. right? Like, maybe we need to figure out what the non-negotiables are, like you said, the love, the forgiveness, uh, Jesus, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, like I guess like we said, negotiables, non-negotiables. Like, and I guess like I said, I know we want to kind of air to caution and, and I guess stop people from thinking and asking questions um, in the name of caring. But, but I think it's really another word than caring that does start with a C. I think, I think control. I think that's something that we can look back on church history and we could say control is really a big factor in a lot of things. And I think it's important that we ask ourselves certain questions. And I think here are some questions maybe to ask of ourselves. One being, has God shifted and changed things and we haven't caught on yet? Um, maybe asking ourselves the question, what in my beliefs and in my expression is outdated and no longer has value um kind of like with the whole circumcision thing that it, it, it we can see that kind of got outdated and it no longer had value um in that sense what, what paul said and i guess asking ourselves in our expression of faith and in our beliefs what has is outdated and and no longer has value and i guess i would add just because something doesn't have value or as much value that it used to have doesn't mean that it needs to be eliminated you know it can still exist in your life yeah and i and i guess we can only see things the way in our own time and in the way that we are you know we are the progression looking at a timeline and i guess for me i've always thought we have all the information i am 100 percent right people in the past were stupid but then if i put myself in their position i probably back then would have thought the earth was flat because that's what my church leaders were teaching me i probably would have been a part of that slavery was was acceptable i probably would have thought a lot of things because it was acceptable through church and that's what it was being taught. I would have been, now we look at people who bought into purgatory and we would say, what were you thinking? Mm -hmm. You're an idiot, you know? Um, 
how you know you you should have questioned da, da da but then i just think and i think it's something we should think about is what would future people say about us in our time where we're at now you know when we're looking back at and seeing what happened with with abram turning into abraham circumcision going to paul and things changing um not everything needs to be messy um and be be argued but i think things can just evolve and be healthy but i guess it's just in the future what will people look back on us and say you know what were the things that we held on to that we probably you know was ridiculous yeah but i i think it's important that we ask those questions of what are the things in our lives like the circumcision for them back in the day with women's you know that are captive rights um, the eye for an eye and revenge, how that works and, and you know, Jesus coming and Paul coming along and them changing those things. But then even outside of the Bible, we've seen how things evolved and things changed. We've implemented things, we've taken things away. And I guess what are the things now personally in your beliefs and in your expression of faith? What are the things that you would, would weigh up where you would say, possibly it's ran its course or it's outdated or it just doesn't have as much value in it as i once thought you know and um, but where do you go to to find that kind of information is that just something that you do yourself or is that you know i think a lot of people just trust that their their pastor is doing that for them and will bring that on a sunday morning you know yeah yeah i think if you're younger i think you you think that like I think even if in your early 20s, because if you're in your early 20s, okay, depending on your church, maybe you've been in church, like adult church for a long time, or maybe you've been in youth, you know, for a long time, um, or maybe you're in young adults and you're relying on that's where your teaching's at. And then when you go to the big show, you know, you go to the proper church, you're expecting because somebody says they went to Bible school, that they have a degree in ago. theology, yeah, or whatever, that they, they they're going to teach you this sort of stuff, you know, and it's something I think we might have talked about on here before, but the whole idea that theology isn't taught in, in church. It just isn't not in modern day church, not in certain circles that I know of. It, it doesn't. And so I think if people are feeling that way, I think we have one of the best, one of the best tools. And it, I think it is the internet. Now it's a hard thing to kind of navigate through, but I'm, 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 fairly confident that people can find their way through i mean i was 16 when i first became a christian and i would carry a backpack with me and i had the big strong concordance mm -hmm. in my bible that taught me you know how to find the words in the bible in hebrew and greek and the original language i had i had multiple books that were just in my backpack that i took with me everywhere mm -hmm. where now everything's on my phone mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i have everything on my phone i use the internet to research to study and i think there's nothing wrong with that now there are people that i might be pushed along with them and say that we are the same but i've met people that it's too extreme all they're trying to do is deconstruct and tear everything down and they wouldn't know how to put things together and uh, or are interested in putting things back together and i think for me this isn't a deconstruction for me this is a construction or a reconstruction mm -hmm. you know um there might be some elements of deconstruction but i think it is looking at you know 
how do we go forward you know what does the bible look like for for us in our lives and and what are the things that were for jewish people what are the things that were for first century people or 18th century people or whatever what are the things that are for me and i'm not all in this we pick and choose what we want and the fear is we're going to pick all the good things for us and not pick out the things where surrendering and obeying and those things aren't aren't going to be exercised um i think you're always going to have people who are going to want to have it the easy way but i think we we can't we can't withhold certain things from people because i think another way of saying and describing that sort of stuff is control you're trying to control people and you want them to be in a certain way of christianity you know you want them to express themselves a certain way to understand and believe a certain way so the whole reason for bringing up circumcision and all these different things is um this stuff is all in the bible and we can see where certain things run its course so i think we should probably as older christians or people who've been in church for a while and either do or should be reading their bible you know a bit more and studying it i think we should be asking ourselves the questions of what are the things in my beliefs and expressions that have possibly run its course what are the things in the bible possibly that have run its course um outdated and no longer have value you know just because you have that opinion doesn't mean that's true mm. you know i i could have my opinions on certain things doesn't mean it's true and it doesn't mean that i'm ready to start going around and promoting that this no longer has value this no longer you know what i'm saying mm. like i haven't mentioned one thing on here definite and concrete that i'm saying i believe this in the bible no longer has value or is anything like that i'm not saying that at all i think it's just the thinking because even with church and church services which we've talked about in the past on the last episode there's a possibility of that because that's how i feel about church services and things like that organizations where i feel like it just no longer has value mm -hmm. you know like I, I want something more than just that and what it gives me i don't know mm -hmm. that's me being I done think that's what off. makes it all exciting is that you it it is just it's a book full of full of stuff full of mystery full of questions i you know that's what god is he's you know an exciting god he's bigger than we can even imagine mm. um you know with so many different levels so you know of course um you know the bible's going to be full of that kind of stuff and that is what makes it exciting i think mm. so yeah that's it uh very interesting as always i think i learned a lot um if anyone out there has anything to say any comments any thoughts um, anything like that share it with us we're uh, very open to other uh, opinions and uh, this is a discussion i know you know it's just us two being recorded but it is for other people to to join in as well so and other people have yeah 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 um so yeah continue um speaking to us it is a two-way conversation um share this with someone if you you know if you want to start off a conversation you maybe find it hard to um to kind of open it up you know you can share this with someone uh, subscribe to us I don't know what we're going to be talking about next. We'll see, but we'll put that online, I'm sure. So that that's it for us. Yep. See you. Thanks.